0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Amen. For by grace are ye saved through faith. The Bible speaks about grace that's heaped upon grace that comes to us on a, on a regular basis. I appreciate that song very much. I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles. We're going to go back to the book of Ephesians, if you will. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, if you'll look there. Ephesians chapter 3 we have already gone through those first 13 verses and we explained uh, what uh, God wanted us to understand about how between the Jew and the Gentile the wall that separated them that was so strong their, their religious belief and these heathens and so forth and they wanted nothing to do with them and they felt like they could never measure up to the message that they had, and God came right in the middle of all that and tore that wall down between them and now united the Jew and the Gentile together, and now, guys, we sit here today as Gentiles. I, I don't know if we have a Jew in here today. If we do, I'd love to meet you, but uh, we sit here today mostly as Gentiles by the grace of God that we just heard saying about here this morning, and I thank God for that, that I can know and have a, a part in the salvation of God, so thank God for that. So now Paul explained all that to these uh, Gentiles that, hey guys, you're a part of this wonderful grace of God as well. The the message of the gospel has now been extended to you just like it was the Jew. The Jews didn't even get it in the first place, but now it's, it's been extended to you. With that in mind, he comes in with this prayer request that's just huge for him, and he says, knowing all that I've just said to you and in light of what I'm about to say to you, I really want you to get this. And it means so much to me that I'm going to fall on my knees before God and I'm going to cry out to God that God would open your heart and your mind to understand what it is I'm about to say to you. It's really a big deal to him. So if you look in verse uh, 14 as we pick up now with the rest of what he said about these Jews and Gentiles. Verse 14 he says, for this cause I, and here it is, I bow my Knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, notice, in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. These are the things he wanted so bad to be able to get into the heart of these people that, that you would be strengthened with might by his Spirit, notice this, in the inner man. That's a difference in what religion wants for you. This is something God wanted for the heart of a man, in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, if you're an underliner, if you've got a highlighter in your Bible somewhere that you could use, those two words need to be highlighted. By faith. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. I'm going to spend a little portion of my message on that. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints. I wonder why God said that with all saints. And then he says, I want you to know what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, notice these. Next two verses, powerful verses. Now, unto him that is able... Again, we could stop there and just preach. But he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer there, and then we'll get into this message here this morning. God, I'm grateful and thankful to be back in the house of God today. And yes, I'm grateful for how blessed my heart was at uh, this men's retreat and the ladies to be encouraged and challenged as well. But we're back in church as well, God. And we're here back under the Word of God again this morning. And God, how we all need to hear from you and, and the Word of God. And I'm asking you, Father, through your Holy Spirit, strengthen us in the inner man. May we learn what it really does mean to live our lives by faith to have that explicit trust that God is with me. So bless us in your word, and I'm going to be thankful for what you'll do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, how many of you have children? Can I see your hands? You have children. that may or may not still be in the house, but I see all your hands, all right? Okay. I was raised in a Christian home, and I know how my mom and dad wanted me to grow up and how they wanted me to serve the Lord and the and uh, and I don't know if they prayed that they'd have a preacher boy out of me. I don't know, but I know my mom and dad prayed for me. They wanted the best that God had for me, and I, I'm so grateful for the prayers that my mom and dad prayed for me. Consequently, I will tell you this, I I, uh, I prayed for all my girls. I prayed for all of them before they were ever born. I would I would talk to them, and I would say, this is your daddy, he loves you, and Jesus Christ loves you, and I'd pray for my daughters, and, and they would hear me praying for them after, obviously, they were born and living their lives around uh, my feet and my wife's feet, and, and uh, uh, we, we love them to death. We still do today, but i got to tell you, I have wept over my daughters. I have, I have spent hours in prayer for my little girls praying that God would use them in this Christian life and would do something for them uh, somewhere in, in this Christian life. Um, I prayed before we went to the men's retreat and I begged that God would speak to those speakers that when those preachers would preach and would talk to the hearts of men, I begged them that God would work through those men's hearts and, and get into, uh, that word of God into the heart of our men. And I, I begged that God would do that. And it was such a blessing. I'm sure I'm not the only guy that was praying for that, but it was a blessing to see how God would, would do that saturday nights here at eight o'clock at our at our church if you'd ever like to join us man i'd love any of the men of the church would join us here at eight o'clock as we pray and ask that god would do something at the house of god tomorrow and we want to we just want to see god do something i i don't want to just spend time in this building and then drive out of here and go get something to eat i want to see god do something in our hearts wouldn't you like to see that happen for you here today for your children or for um, your heart's needs here today. Well, Paul comes along, and he's, he's got these uh, Gentiles. He is the uh, apostle to the Gentiles, and his heart is really going out to them, and he knows that they have been made to feel so inferior and that their hearts were you know, probably so far away. If you read the first previous verses, he talks about you who were far away, and now he's trying to get them to understand you're right in the heart of it all. And, and I don't want you to miss one thing that God has for you and so he talks about those elements in the heart that you'd live your lives by faith and he gets into this prayer that uh, I, I, I just so long and wish that all of the things that are mentioned here in this in this prayer would be true for every person sitting in this room here today that God could get into the inner man not just hear the vibration on your eardrums and and you're sitting here just kind of you know, casually waiting for the church service to get done. I do this every Sunday, you know, so um, nothing new for me. I hear the preacher preach, they sing a special, a congregational sings, and then we go home. Man, God help us to get this into the, the inner man, down into your heart, where God can do a work that will change you inside out and help you like you have needed so much. And that's what Paul is trying to say for these Gentiles and the Jews, if they'll listen that God has a special blessing for you. So he falls on his knees before God, before the Heavenly Father, and begins to pray this prayer. So first of all, what I'd like is to look at first of all, what what is the cause? What made Paul fall down and begin to pray such a prayer like this? It's in verses 14 and 15, if you'll follow uh, follow along there again. Back into chapter 3, verse 14, where he said, "...for this cause..." Here's the reason I've been praying for you. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice his wording, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So with with these uh, previous verses, verses 1 to 13 in mind, and knowing everything that he wants these people to have in the depths of their heart, and he hopes it gets into their heart, not just the outward being, he said, with that in mind, I go to God in prayer. He falls before the Heavenly Father. And uh, if I could just mention this, guys, hey, everybody, I I hope you have a prayer life, amen, a time where you get alone with God, hopefully on a daily basis, where you get alone with the Lord and you pray to God. When you pray to God, we're supposed to pray to the Heavenly Father in the name of His Son. Um, John 16, 23, listen to this verse, I'll explain it. It says, and in that day, here's Jesus talking to his disciples, and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Jesus says, you won't be talking to me. You won't have to turn to me like you do here on this earth and, and give requests. But he says, verily, verily, it means truly, truly, I say unto you, whoso, uh, uh, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So when you go to the Lord in prayer, you know, how, does the, how does the Lord's prayer start off? Dear Lord Jesus, our Father, our Father. And Jesus said to his disciples, Guys, when you go to God in prayer, um, laying in bed at night, praying for my daughters, and one specific time um, lasted quite a little length of time. I prayed so hard for one of my daughters, and I'd lay there and I'd weep and cry before God and trying to get to sleep and hoping I wasn't keeping my wife awake. I cried out to my Father, and Jesus says, ask the Father what you want in my name. Because, Philip, when you go before the Heavenly Father, <clears throat> you don't have anything to lay out before the Father. But if you go to Him and say, I'm coming in your Son's name with all of His merits and all of His goodness and all of His righteousness, then you're standing there you know, in my name and the Heavenly Father perks up, and He listens to what you have to say, and when you cry out to the Father, pray in my name, or, or by my authority when you pray uh, to the Heavenly Father. Most of us will pray, you know, we'll end a prayer up, you know, we'll finish praying, and we'll say in Jesus' name, amen, like it's, oh yeah, it's a little uh, tag you put on the end of your prayer time, but it's not just a little tag you You know, you you push on the end of a prayer. It's letting God know that all these things I'm asking for is not for any good that I've ever done or for any goodness that I have inside of me. It's all because of your son, Jesus. That's what you're saying when you say, in Jesus' name. So Paul falls down on his knees before the Heavenly Father and prays in the name of Jesus. Verse 15 tells us, who was he praying for? Look in verse 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Well, who is the whole family? He's talking about this family of God. We learn several things from this verse. First, he calls those that he prays for family. That family consists of who he was talking about earlier, the Jews and the Gentiles. And those Jews are like, don't say these Gentiles are part of our family, but they are now and he's trying to bring everybody together into one group and bring them in, in unity before God. So God no longer views them as separate and distinct, but now that the cross of Christ has removed that wall of separation we talked about last, last Sunday between them, he now calls us all one big family. Praise God. I like to look at our church as a family. I, I Sincerely, I do. You are my brothers and sisters. I I really mean that. Jesus calls us his brethren. I am a brother to Jesus Christ. Think of that. We all have one father. We're brother to Jesus Christ. We're one family in the Lord. I understand we are a local independent Baptist church. I understand that. We're distinct in that way as well as a church, but we're also a part of the large family of God. And he called that family in heaven and those who are on earth. And if you'd lumped us all into one big picture, God calls it, my family. I'm so glad I'm a part amen. of the family of God. You may say a amen to that for sure. So he tells you, here's, here's who I'm praying for, and here's why I'm praying. Number two, Paul begins to tell him now, here's what my prayer requests are. In Sunday school this morning, um, we pause before we have the Sunday school hour, or class time, and I ask for prayer requests, and I, I begin to jot them down. This is the list of our Prayer requests that uh, we have for, uh, from our Sunday school time. And guys, we didn't have the time to pray over all these in Sunday school, but hey, we're going to pray for them tonight before church starts at 5 30 at the men and ladies prayer meeting, and we're going to list off all these prayer requests. Here are the things that people were saying to me a while ago that was heavy on their heart, and they were hoping that another part of the family of God in here today, this body of Christ, would be willing to lift these prayer requests up to God and ask that God would help change some things in the lives of these people. Here's Paul saying, "Uh, can I tell you what my prayer requests are? Here's what I'm asking for in your life. I'm listing these off for you. Um, And it goes all the way from verse 16 down to verse 19. And these verses are All one big, long sentence. It's like he just can't get it stopped. He's like, I'm praying for this, and then I'm praying for this, and God, I'm asking you for this. 16 down to 19, one big, long prayer uh, request. with several of them listed in there. Here's what I want us to break out in this passage, guys. And I so hope you're awake this morning and listening to what God is saying for your heart. So, first of all, notice the wording in verse 16. Drop back down there, verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. All right? According to the riches of his, uh, of his glory. If you came to a king here on the earth, and this king was trying to show you his majesty and his strength and his power and his might and his possessions, and, uh, and he desired to give you a gift that would be representative of the riches of his kingdom. I'm going to tell you, he's not going to walk up and drop one little single coin in your hand uh, to represent how great and mighty this king really is. An earthly king would give you something that was very worthy. It would be something possibly brought in on a cart that would fill the cart up. And this king would want you to understand that uh, by the riches of my glory, here's the kind of things I want to provide you with and, uh, and hope that it's a, a blessing to your heart. Well, we're not talking about a king from this earth. We're talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords that the Bible says that when I come to give you a gift, it's according to his riches in glory, not according to some earthly king down here by what he could give you. So if I've got an earthly king that comes up with a horse-drawn cart or a U-Haul truck and it's loaded down with his goods to show you his kind of riches and the glory that he wants to give to you, what kind of gift do you think God wants to give to us? The king of kings would give to us. What kind of quality do you think is found in the gift that God would give to us? It's of the highest quality, and it's immeasurable. I can measure a U-Haul, and I can measure a horse cart, and tell you an earthly king gave me this much. But when the God of heaven, who's immeasurable comes down to give me something that demonstrates the kind of glory and the kind of gift he wants his children to have. That gift, really and truly, is immeasurable. You don't have a measuring stick for that. Paul's trying to wake them up to these Gentiles to understand all these things that God has for them. So here's the gift Paul asked for. Back there into verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Here's, here it comes, really big. To be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That's one of His prayer requests. And remember, God's gifts are of the highest quality. And uh, His strength that He gives is of such quality and power, there's nothing that can stand against that. And when God brings that gift to me, it's greater than anything I have ever had in my entire life. I talked to a young man on the phone um, going to see if that person's in here that would know this young man. On the phone last night, who came to know Christ as his Savior, and that young man was trying to explain to me how he knew the Lord, and he explained how he repented. He asked God to forgive him of his sin and wanted God to be a part of his life and just began to tell me all the things that God had been doing for himself. For the next 30 minutes, I listened to how God loaded that young man down with blessings, and I thought to myself, that's just the beginning. You can't believe everything else God has for you. Notice what he strengthens inside of us. It's the inner man. Back in verse 16, would you go there with me? End of the verse says, with might, by his spirit, in the inner man. Now, now if you can look back up here. I see most of Christianity trying to serve God on the outside. Honestly, I, I do. I get caught up in this. You get caught up in this. I run around and I try to, you know, um, sharpen my strengths, my talents, my, maybe a message and make sure I got just the right uh, illustration or, you know, I say it just right or whatever I'm trying to do, I, I, I hope that I can physically do it. I, uh, those of you that are familiar with me, you know I'm hypoglycemic And I eat just the right amount of peanut butter before every message. (laughs) Seriously, I do. And uh, every Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night message, right before I come running in here, I just spoonful of peanut butter so that I can be on top of my game and I don't feel weak and trembly. And we work so hard on the outside to make sure things on, on the outside are just right so that my service to God, God can look down and say, Whoa, look at that guy. Uh, listen to how they sang or or watch how, how uh, well they did and how good they did that. I have to tell you guys everything i 've just described to you means nothing to God unless what 's down on the inside is dedicated to God unless you understand that you have to have a heart on the inside that 's strengthened by might by god 's spirit in the inner man then everything you're going to do on the outside, the way you try to work in the Sunday school classes or work the bus routes or whatever else you might be involved in at the house of God, everything else you do is just an outward show hoping that somebody else can see what I've done unless it's done for my strength on the inside from the inner man that God strengthens inside of us. God wants your inner man to be changed when you walk out of here this morning. God doesn't want you to be just. The same person that you were when you walked in here today. He goes on to say that it's going to be done by His Spirit in the inner man. By God's Spirit. Hey, would you uh, listen to this for a moment, if you will? The only way the Spirit of God works is when He finds somebody that's yielded. Your heart is open. You came here this morning hoping that God would talk to your heart. You came here hoping that when you left here, you didn't just feel like I just sat in on a church service and I got tired and I walked out of here and left finally I can go eat my lunch. I'm saying God is looking for somebody who had an open heart this morning where God could talk to that heart and could get inside of you and make some real life changes. Well, here's who the Spirit of God can do that for. It's the person that's had the Bible opened up and began to really eat the bread of life. You know, it's one thing to walk back from the store and have a good loaf of bread in your hand thinking about the sandwiches and, and uh, you know, the bologna and, uh, and uh, you know, a good bologna sandwich isn't bad if you've got a good tomato to put on there. I know some of you like onions on top of that and you think that makes a good sandwich. You can have the onions and give me the tomatoes and mayonnaise slathered all over that. And I love bologna like that. And you can walk home with that loaf of bread in your hand, swing it and think, man, I'm going to make me a good sandwich and then you can get home. Now, Every now and then, my wife will say, Honey, you know what? I forgot to eat lunch. I've made this confession a dozen times in our church. There's never been a day in my life I forgot a meal. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happens. And yet, there's a lot of folks that come to church swinging the bread, and they never get it opened up, and they never get it to the inner man. It was all just on the outside. And I'm just saying... If you're not willing to open the Word of God, the Spirit of God's not going to be able to strengthen the inner man. So God's trying to get us to understand here this morning. Uh, Please don't just let this be a religious service. Please let God tap you on the heart this morning. Please get beyond this outer surface and, and understand God's working for something a lot deeper than just an outward show of your life. God does nothing by force, and that Holy Spirit of God will never pound his way into your heart. He looks for an open, a tender heart, a willing heart, somebody that's been in his word and has been touched by the word of God and just says, God, I need something today. The Spirit of God can come to that man's heart and can make some major changes in his life. God wants to do that this morning if you'd allow him to do so. Those are the people that can be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man. And then he drops down into verse 17. Follow along with me. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to, let's go ahead, comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ. I'm going to pause there with that. There in verse 17, Paul told them that he desires Christ to live in their hearts by faith. And I'm going to get into this. I'm going to spend the last section of my message on this thought here. To live in their hearts by faith. I'm going to tell you that's a headline prayer request. Because underneath that one little line, to live in your heart by faith, are a lot of other things that fall in line underneath that um it heads up much of what god says after that so if if christ dwells in our hearts by faith then we are first of all uh go back to verse 17 that christ may dwell in your hearts by faith being rooted and grounded in love anybody um, ever work in a garden let's see like a garden where there's corn and beans I don't see your hands yeah so i worked in in a garden before and um you may have never heard that from me, but I, we had this huge garden in the back of our house. It was huge. And, and I remember one rain in particular that it, it just dumped and poured and dumped and poured. And it rained, and the dirt was washing away on this little slant that we had one section of our garden. The, wa- the dirt began to wash away. And I remember my dad bringing me out to the garden uh, a couple days later after it dried up. And he said, now, Bub, look at the beans. And I, I looked down at the beans. I said, they're beans, Dad. He said, no, Bub, look down further at the roots. And I looked and many of their roots were exposed because the water had washed away and those beans were uh, leaning over. They had no stability and they had no strength. And they weren't going to be able to draw from the, uh, the, uh, the goodness of the, of the soil. And so dad says, guess what we're going to do, bub? And I'm like, I didn't like the sound of that. But these rows were forever long and we had to go along, hold those beans up and pull the dirt back up around them so that they could be rooted and grounded and able to take the strength out of the soil. You see what God said to us in verse 17? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Friend, unless you're grounded in the love of Christ, listen, if, if you're all just this surface Christianity and you're just hoping for something to kind of Uh Oh, maybe light you up just a little bit today and think, you know, that was a decent service, but let's move on with the real life now. If that's where you're at and you've never allowed your roots to sink down deep enough into the love of Christ till you can draw from that the moisture and then the nutrients of the love of Christ, then your Christianity is so shallow and you're so bored with it. That's why you can't wait to leave the house of God and, and get to something else that's really more important to you. Turn the, the, the whatever on and watch your favorite football team lose today, especially if their name starts with a V and ends in Iking. <laughs> Most of Christianity is not rooted in the love of Christ. Paul knows that. Paul knows, listen, there's a lot of Christians that sit in churches and they lean so badly when the winds of doubt begin to blow, you tip over this way, your roots are so shallow, there's barely anything but a taproot sunk into the dirt. And every which way the wind blows, you're blowing with that. And somebody says something and it scares you, you become insecure, you begin to doubt this and that. Why does that happen? Because life has washed away the nutrients, those things that helps you to grow up in Christ. And Paul knows that if you're not in the Word of God, if if God's Word doesn't mean enough to you to read it every day, you're a very shallow Christian in the root system. There's no being rooted and grounded in that love of Christ. If Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, then you're going to get rooted Uh, you're you're going to be grounded in the things of God. Then in verse 18, uh, Paul begins to pray for them to know the full extent of this love of God that would redeem sinful man to him. Look there in verse 18. If you're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, uh, you may be able to comprehend with all saints, don't miss that little phrase, all saints, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? Now, last Sunday I introduced you to a couple named Oli and Lena. Does anybody remember that couple? They pass through our church every now and then. A man walked by and saw Oli and his brother Sven holding a pole up as hard as they could, and it was holding as tight as they could, and there's another guy climbing the top of that with a measuring tape. And, and this guy walks by and says, Oli, what in the world are you guys doing? He says, We're trying to measure this pole. He said, Why are you holding it up? Lay it down and measure. That'd be much easier. He said, no, we don't want to see how long it is. We want to see how high it is. So we've got to get this guy climbing to the top of this and measure the height of this. It's kind of dumb. But I like that one. But look at verse 18. God said, if I had a way, I want you to be able to comprehend and measure out the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know. What are you measuring here? Well, you're trying to get measured out the length and the breadth, the height, and the depth of all that. It's God's love. Okay? And he said, I want you to know that with all saints. So why did he bring everybody into this picture? Well, let's go backwards in time for a little bit. Let's go to a king named David. And this king was the sweet psalmist of Israel this king wrote psalms about God and he had fellowship with God like nobody else around him at at least in his family that's for sure nobody else in the the, uh, Israelite army didn't know God like him that young man wanted to take a giant down and he did but I want to tell you that little David knew God like nobody else God was special to him there came a day in David's life he just loved the Lord he was special to him David began to go a little bit to the left over here, a little bit, and wander away. And he found himself on a rooftop. He saw a woman bathing, and he began to lust after that woman. David went a little bit further to the left and had one of his men bring that woman up to him. And you know the story. David committed adultery with that woman, and he goes a little bit further to the left. I'm not going to hide behind the piano here. But the story gets worse. And he doesn't want her husband to find out about it, so he goes a little bit further to the left. so he has her husband killed and he's so far away from God and you and I can go to Psalm 51 and you can read a passage about a God that still loved David in spite of how far away he got from God and what I'm trying to say is this It's not an encouragement for you to go off and sin and just be able to experience just how far God can go and still how far I can get away from God and God still loves me. That's not the point of this. But I will guarantee you this David knows the breadth and the length of the love of Christ like nobody else had ever known probably until that day in his life. There's a lot of us sitting here today that have gone so far away from God and have wandered away from the Lord you've gotten distant to God and you can look back to a time where like David you sat under the stars and you'd weep about the love of Christ you'd look at your family you couldn't believe what God had done for you you'd read the word of God and it would mean so much to you and your roots would go so deep you'd you'd climb so high on the mountain you'd feel like man God I, I just can't believe how high I can go in the Lord the word of God is so rich and pure and I love you so much But you can also remember a time where you began to walk away from God and God kept his eye on you. You began to get so far away from the Lord he didn't feel like anything special to you and and you can go back to a time you can't believe how far away you actually got away from that God that gave so much for you and and died on Calvary for you And, and one day you turned around and looked how far away you'd gotten from God and you still heard a voice that said I still love you. My love can still go that far. It can go as deep as a man goes. It can go so high. I I love that little song from years ago. God's love is so high you can't get over it. So wide you can't get around it. So deep you can't get under it. And it's true. You know what God says to me and you here today? I just want you to know how big my love is for you. I, I want you to go sinking deeply into my love. I want to get into here. I'm tired of just doing this little surface Christianity. I I died for your soul. And Paul says, "I'm, I'm praying and I'm begging that God would be allowed to come inside. I mean, really do a work in my heart and change me. Sometimes you'll sit in a service like this and God will begin to talk to your heart. And you can sense that God's trying to do something. And you know as well as I do that there's times you and I have kind of pushed God away. You're like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go that deep, God. I kind of like the surface up here. I understand what's up here, and I I don't know what's down there and way over there and way up there. So God, don't call on me to go so deep and so wide in the love of Christ. And you are living a shallow Christian life. Your insecurities are running so high. Even wonder if it's worth continuing to come to the house of God. Well, I want to challenge you this morning to let God go deep into your life And if there's something that's holding you back and you just feel like there's something that has more value or something than what the love of Christ could have for you, friend, your roots are so shallow and you're being blown around left and right like the bean crop in my dad's garden. And I do remember taking that hoe and pulling a good fresh scoop of dirt up around that, that bean plant and packing it all around there and watching that bean stand up nice and tall. Produced a pretty good crop after that. You know, God wants to do something for every one of you here this morning. I believe that with all my heart. God wants to do something not just here. God's looking to do something here. Paul ends his, his message in verse 20 and 21. Look at this. Just amazing. Verse 20. This is his praise item now. He finishes his prayer out with a praise. That's the way all of us ought to have our prayer time. Somewhere in our prayer ought to be a praise for God. Now unto him that is able to do how do you say it any greater than this, guys? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Hey, look back over here in one chapter 1. You in chapter 1? Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, back over here now back down to where we were end of verse 20 chapter 3 and verse 20 according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by christ jesus throughout all ages world without end amen somebody says preacher i've got something in my life what you said sounds so good today and i I've had times in my life where I've tried to yield and I've got down on my knees and I surrendered and I, I gave my life to God and it, it just wasn't everything I thought it was going to be. And, you know, I, 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 I've got some things going on right now in my life that is pretty big. And that sounded cute this morning, but that's not going to work in my life. Verse 20 again. Would you read this again, friend? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. You hear those next two words? Or even think. You can't even come up with something in your mind that's too big for God to be able to handle for you. is that amazing? And Paul says to these people, I'm on my knees begging that you'll get this. Please let it get into your heart. Please understand what I'm trying to say. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power that worketh in us. Where are you at this morning in your heart with God? I mean, where is God? Are you just somewhere up here on the surface running around? doing these fun little things on the surface of life or have you ever dealt and dwelt deeply and let christ come inside that inner man i know when he saved as he came to the core of us i understand that but it's amazing how many of us quickly run back to the surface and live up here instead of here where christ wants you to do amazing things in your life i don't know the problems you have but i know the one that does and i don't know how bad it is but i know he does I don't know how broad it seems to you. I don't know how deep you feel like it goes. But God said, I want you to know how broad and how deep and how high my love can go. Are you willing to find out? If I had something that I felt was just too big, I would come to that God who can do exceeding abundantly above anything I could even ask or think about. And say, God, I can't do this. I'm asking you. The next biggest question is, is, before I finish, is please listen. If you died today, and one day you're going to, where are you going to spend eternity? Where will it be? It's real. It's either heaven or hell. Have you ever come to a place in life where you understood that you're the sinner before God that can do nothing to take care of your sin debt? Have you ever come to a place where you realize my sin has condemned me to a devil's hell forever? There's nothing I could ever do in my life to ever be able to reach heaven or to to be good enough before God. Have you ever come to a place where you realize that God loved you so much that He died on Calvary for you? That He wants to live inside your heart and dwell deeply inside of you and change your life for you inside out? Have you ever realized He wants to do that for you today? God would save you today if you'd let him come to live inside of you and change you inside out. If you're not saved this morning, in just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. We're going to pray and ask God to work in our hearts and give you an opportunity to respond as the Lord would lead you. But if you're not saved, friend, I I would love to ask you to come and meet me here at the front during the invitation and let us take God's word and show you how you could be saved. If you are saved, I'm going to say it again. If the Holy Spirit of God tapped on your heart this morning, you say, I've got something too big for God. No, you need to know the depth and the width and the, the, the breadth of the height of the love of Christ today. Ask him. You won't exceed his ability. But I hope and pray you let God have his way in your heart this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, if you will. Heads bowed and eyes closed.